Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Do you struggle with knowing exactly what you should be doing to move the needle forward in your business? And do you struggle with knowing what to focus on next? If so, if this sounds like you, I have two solutions for you. Number one is mastermind groups. There is so much power in getting people together and helping to solve each other's problems. At Eat Blog Talk, we have put together our own mastermind groups and we are hosting these weekly. You can join at any time. You can try it out for a month or you can sign up for a quarter or you can go all in and sign up for an entire year. Come join us. See if it's a great fit for you. And this will really help you to solve those problems you're having in your business and give you clarity about what you should be doing next to move your business forward. The next solution is the Eat Blog Talk membership. I have spent all of 2021 so far putting so much value inside of the membership. It is such a supportive and wonderful place to be for food bloggers. We are learning so much from each other. We are joining together in monthly intensive calls where we focus on very specific parts of food blogging in order to grow our businesses in massive ways. We also have guest experts come in and join us very regularly to talk about really specific parts of food blogging. And we get one-on-one access to these experts, such as Matt Mullen from Email Crush, Casey Marquis from MediaWise. So many great people are joining us in these sessions and they are super valuable. There are so many reasons why you should be in the membership. I could not even start touching on all of it. If you're tired of wandering around aimlessly in your business and not knowing what to focus on, Give the membership a try for free for two weeks. Go to eatblogtalk.com. You can sign up for the masterminds there and you can also start the process of getting into the membership for two weeks just to check it out. The rest of us can't wait to see you inside. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I have Betsy Wallace with me. She is from Capsule Podcast and also the Dinner Sisters Podcast. And today we're going to talk about how to create a capsule podcast to build your brand. Betsy is the co-host and producer of the Dinner Sisters Podcast, which has been downloaded 250,000 times and has 13,000 downloads per month. She recently launched Capsule Podcast, which helps brands create a capsule podcast to build their brand without the overwhelm and commitment of a weekly show. Capsule podcasts are a great way to promote a cookbook, launch a meal plan service, use as a lead magnet to grow your list, or provide special bonus content to your community. I'm very excited to talk about this with you, Betsy, but first we all want to hear your fun fact. So my fun fact is that I actually won a all expenses paid trip to Italy through Airbnb through their 100 best home cooks contest, mostly because of my podcast, which it like in my podcast, I'm kind of the bad cook out of the two of us. But in my application, I talked about how cooking through these 400 recipes from scratch turned me into a good cook. Thanks in part to this community of food bloggers and all these recipes we did. I So it was super exciting. 
and then it got canceled uh, because of COVID. <gasps> oh, no. I was so excited to hear how awesome it was. It was They announced it in March of 2020, and they had a big thing, and then they had to kind of like take it all apart, and they generously gave us a stipend and some tra- like some Airbnb vouchers and really compl- like made everyone feel great about it, but it was this huge exciting thing that kind of like had a COVID ending for me last year. Oh, I am so sorry. But how cool that you were selected. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment, right? So yeah, I guess you just have to roll with it. You know, as we all have had to with COVID, we all have that but COVID (laughs) story. (laughs) It is my favorite but COVID story because it's so it's one of those things where you are just like, I can't what? I can't believe this is actually happening. I mean, it just happened in the wrong year, right? Oh my goodness. Well, I just believe for you, Betsy, that in a different year, sometime soon, something even more magical and awesome is going to fall into your lap because that is a big thing to let go of. But very cool. That's so cool. It's a fun fact and it's a fun story. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And it kind of ties into our chat because that is what you do on your podcast. So I want to hear just first before we dive into um, creating capsule podcasts, I would love it if you shared about your Dinner Sisters podcast because we were talking a little bit about this before. I think it's so awesome and intriguing. Can you just tell us what you and your sister do on this podcast? And I think you said you've made 400 recipes. Is that right? We have. So my sister and I co-host the Dinner Sisters podcast, which is a weekly show. And we cook and review three recipes each week from popular food blogs and websites. So I, we probably have cooked from a lot of your listeners' blogs, and we're so grateful for uh, all the recipes out there, all the fantastic recipes out there on the internet these days. And so my sister is single and cooks for herself, and I am married, have three kids who are 7, 9, and 11, And we talk about dinner a lot. And we had said, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of parse through all these, you know, options on the web. And there's some really, really fantastic recipes out there and undiscovered gems. And then there's just recipes that really don't work. And a lot of times people think they're a bad cook because they're using bad recipes, right? So what if the two of us would make the same three recipes every week and then talk about how it went? And our, you know, listeners can get some inspiration and find some new recipes and find some new blogs that they really like and can follow. And so we started in 2018. And this year we have come up, I think we're just nearing almost 300 episodes and we cook three new recipes a week. I think we're at about like 260. um, Wow, that's awesome. With some special episodes in there too. So we have, yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I am a I was not a good cook at the beginning of this, which was kind of the the early episodes. I was really burning a lot of stuff. I once did a salt baked fish, and we and I accidentally cooked it with the guts in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, I have had just a lot of experiences and adventures through cooking. You know, cooking for these past three years. Uh, and have come out the be- the other end with a huge appreciation for the like a, a lot of really talented food bloggers and this great community of 
friends, you know, that we have on the internet now and the Facebook group who are all cooking together and discovering these blogs together and discovering these fantastic recipes. And we're all much better cooks uh, because of it. So it's been really fun. So how do you select your recipes? And do you let the bloggers know that you're doing this? Or do you just kind of blindly do it? So we blindly do it. We usually we had it first when we were more ambitious and just honestly had more time and COVID this kind of fell off. But we would let people know like, hey, we put your, you know, we've got a recipe up this week. My sister really, really loves food blogs. And I really did not like to cook. And it was kind of a chore for me every week before we started doing this. And so I would call and be like, oh, I don't even know what to make for dinner tonight. And she she would say, you know, oh, I saw these really fun recipes. You should try one of these. And so that's kind of how this started. Like, well, maybe we should just have Kate pick the recipes. I'll cook along. And other people might like this too, because I think there's a lot of people who don't love to like go peruse around the internet and look for recipes for dinner. I mean, I know there are people who really love doing that, but there are also people who don't, but want to make sure they have good recipes, solid recipes that they're, that they're using to make dinner. And so uh, she will like plan out our season six weeks ahead of time. We've got a little Google spreadsheet and then she puts all the ingredients into a shopping list for us. That's also like available on the show notes. And so I just like grab the shopping list grab the recipe, you know, click the links for the recipes. And um, she does all the planning, which I'm hugely grateful for. I feel like I like bring the real world cook experience (laughs) (laughs) and the stories. That's Um, funny. Yeah, but we do not. So if we happen to have a recipe that just doesn't work for both of us, like we've, we're trying a new blog or like something just doesn't work we don't air it, we pick another recipe. So generally, we always pick the same, like three recipes that really work for us, because we don't want to go, like, we don't want to be dragging people on the podcast for something that didn't, you know, for whatever reason didn't work. So that's just not useful and not really fair. Uh, So we want to provide three, you know, really great recipes. And then we talk about things like, you know, Kate, Kate cooks for herself. So did she freeze half of it? Was she able to have the recipe? What did she do with the leftovers? Or did I have to double it? Was it like, did I feel like, you know, this four to six servings actually was good for my family? Or did I, um, you know, did I actually have a huge amount of leftovers? Because it made like, you know, a ton of pasta. So uh, things like that are what we talk about. So your consolidators, you take all of this information from two completely different perspectives. So a single person who has a lot of drive and experience in the kitchen and you who is like a busy mom and you're just kind of learning. And now, I mean, you've learned a lot after 400 recipes, but so different levels and you're consolidating all of this information and delivering it to people from all of these different food blogs. So I love that. Betsy, this is so cool. I did not... I don't think I ever would have thought of this, but such a cool idea, which is just proof that we don't have to fall into categories, you know, like we don't have to do an interview podcast. We don't have to do the podcasts that people quote normally do. You guys have found this really unique way to deliver information about recipes, which absolutely love it. So let's talk about Capsule Podcast because that's why you're here. Um, and as we've been talking, I mean, it's just proof, more proof that podcasts are so trendy and I don't think they're going anywhere. I feel like, 
a few years ago, people were kind of questioning, are they going to stick around or podcasts going anywhere? But they've just exploded in the past few years, as you know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that they're going to keep getting more and more popular? I do. So I, I think when you are in the podcasting community, uh, a lot of the talk is people coming from radio, right? So they're talking about podcasting, and this will be really similar to your bloggers, right? From like print media moved online, and you had people starting blogs initially, and people kind of on the front end of this thinking, what could this mean for recipes? Like, how is the taste of home magazine that we all subscribe to, you know, like our parents or whoever in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, that's moving online. Um, What does that look like online? Right. And so that is kind of in the podcast industry. A lot of the talk is from people who were in radio. There's people who are like us who were never in radio, but we're taking this medium and using it in in a way that we just thought was cool or, you know, kind of modeled on possibly like a radio talk show or something like that. Um, but so in that sense, podcast is not necessarily a new and trendy. It's more of like a, a movement of, of a, a medium from that kind of traditional radio into a more like, you know, decentralized and an open podcasting space. Mm. I love the word movement to describe that. I think that's so true. And it doesn't have to be someone who has a history with radio. Like you said, it can be anyone. I have zero experience interviewing and podcast. Like I had no experience going into this, literally. And in fact, I was probably really horrible. <laughs> but I did it anyway. And it it's worked. It's been amazing. So anyone can do this. And I I just wanted to say that because people can get hung up and think, well, I couldn't start a podcast because I don't know how to interview or whatever else. Like I don't have the technical background or knowledge. That is garbage. You anyone can do this. I think it's so true. And I think if you if you think back to like the start of blogging, right? You have you're like, well I'm not like a I'm not a journalist. I'm not a you know, magazine article writer, I don't have this professional background. And in the end, as we've seen this evolve, those skills were probably useful if you had that professional experience and you wanted to move it over. But it also opened up so many opportunities for like new points of view and new ways to do things. And you really, that professional experience was not a barrier of entry and did not predict success in the way we saw it in blogging, right? Like, authentic new voices that were able to come onto a new medium that people really wanted to hear from were what exploded things, right? I mean, that's what people were looking for. And that's kind of what we're seeing in podcasting too, is like you have people that came over from radio or people who are coming from a highly produced, you know, kind of these celebrity podcasts and that kind of stuff, which is like always going to happen. But then you have this entry of kind of all of the rest of us. And what do we have to say? And I think there's technology, as you know, uh, right now that really allows you to do this in a way that wasn't accessible even maybe three to five years ago. You do not need to be an audio engineer. You you can absolutely do this yourself, um, just learning a few basic skills. 
Yeah, I mean, very, you need very few skills. I literally have a microphone that plugs into my computer and that's Mm -hmm. it. I mean, that is literally it. And most food bloggers have some experience with editing video. If you can do that, oh my gosh, audio is far easier. It's such a piece of cake. There's such minimal requirements as far as getting started um, so if if it's on your mind to start a podcast, I say this to my audience all the time, do it. And food should not be a reason, like food being your main thing should not be a reason for you not to because there are so many ways to talk about food. Like you and your sister have found this amazing, super creative way to talk about food. So there's got to be a million other ways that you could do it. Podcasts will explode your business. They will explode your brand. I have seen that firsthand. They are great. I want to hear more about the Capsule podcast. Would you mind talking through that, Betsy? Like, What is it and what? how will it benefit food bloggers? Sure. So I'll talk about the Capsule Podcast as a um, concept that anyone can kind of do. And then we have, I'll talk about uh, just a, an example of a, what I am producing for a food brand right now. So that might be useful as to get things, to get people thinking about how, how it works. So Kate and I, it's my sister and I, as we're doing the Dinner Sisters, we're watching this space evolve and we're watching what companies are doing because we love different innovative thinking and podcasting. And one of the things I saw coming up again and again is the idea of these pop-up or shorter small, you know, podcasts, especially for brands and businesses. So when you look across, there, there are a ton of people doing interview shows, which is great. But then we saw like Reebok. Uh, started like it did a three piece or a three episode series when they released a new sneaker. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then you had like consulting companies that did a six episode pop up for um, Brexit. We saw that happen. Like, and we would see these big, large companies doing pop up podcasts around specific launches or releases. And then it started to kind of trickle down. And I would see, um, smaller brands that were doing pop-up podcasts or kind of what we're calling a capsule podcast around a service or a launch or even as a lead magnet in their brand. And it's really helps people deepen trust with your audience, right? Because they can hear your voice. And if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you have bought into the idea that a podcast establishes trust in a way that almost nothing else does right now and holds people's attention. Um, And then it kind of differentiates you, right? So it'll differentiate you from everyone else out there doing kind of the same thing because people can experience your brand um, in a multi-layered way. So if you have your blog and you have some video and you have a, a smaller podcast in there, it can just, it deepens and layers your brand, which helps you kind of stand out from the crowd. So the thing I like about capsule podcasts specifically is that it sets you up to be successful when you are experimenting with a new concept. So jumping right into going from zero to producing a show every week will work for some people and does, does work. 
but there are a lot of people who pod fade, which is like you try it for like 10 or 12 episodes and it gets exhausting and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. How is this benefiting anyone? This is taking so much work and it just kind of sits out there, right? And so if you do, if you plan for, you know, up to six episodes as a mini series, as a capsule that supports something you're already doing, you kind of take that failure off the table. You don't feel like a failure because you're only planning to do, you know, four to six episodes and you have something that supports an existing part of your brand or supports a launch and gives you a taste of podcasting in a way that sets you up to be really successful with that first experiment. And then of course, if you want to, you can add a second episode or you know, a second season or something like that. But the capsule podcast itself is a standalone mini series, which allows you to experiment and kind of sets you up for success. So that's the basic concept. So it basically supports this concept of starting small and not buying into the overwhelm. So you don't have to start a podcast and go on endlessly forever. You can do little bite-sized chunks, which is much more feasible, I think, for a lot of us who are food bloggers to do, right? That's kind of the purpose of it, like that bite-sized project. Yeah. And to match it with something that you're already doing. So if you, if you're launching, like if you have a meal plan, um, part of your food blog, like if you're looking to diversify your revenue, right? Because that's kind of, I I feel like all of us are trying to do this uh, in one way or another. And you have a service or you have a digital product or you have something like that. Make those six episodes to support that po- to support that product. And then when you have your emails about that, when you are, you know, you embed it into your blog post, you can use that specific podcast episode to support that like, hey, I've got this meal planning service or digital product. Here's an episode on how to use it. Here's an episode on my philosophy for, um, you know, putting it together. If it's a special diet meal plan, you can do an episode on that that can be linked up over and over again. And when people email you to ask questions about it, you have a podcast episode ready to send to them to say, if you want more information, you know, here's a podcast episode that I that I did about this too. So you want to make those six episodes super useful in a way that doesn't just sort of float above your brand, but is integrated and sort of embedded into the work that you're already doing. That is such a cool idea. I love this because you said this earlier, a podcast builds trust more than any other platform, I believe, because people are actually hearing you they're hearing your voice, they're hearing your stories, they're getting to know you and like you, hopefully. <laughs> um, so it's just a really unique way to deliver information as opposed to like writing an email. Words are great, but they're so different when they're spoken. Don't you agree? Like reading an email and hearing this, the person who wrote it speak the email that they're reading is completely different situation. I agree. And it's we know that people who listen to podcasts, which is just, just, you know, broadly speaking, kind of a millennial, a more educated and a higher income level, love to listen to podcasts. They love this format. So if your audience, if that's kind of the people that you are speaking to already, 
it's just an opportunity also to meet them where they're at. Like people learning new things and, you know, getting new information via a podcast is just, is a, is a really intimate way to connect with people at scale and also meets a lot of people kind of where they're at and where they want to learn. Yes. I love that. They're already there. So meet them there. And I, I just don't want it to seem overwhelming to people. So just focusing on that, like you can create really, really bite-sized projects um, according to whatever you're doing. So if you have a meal plan you're launching, you mentioned that, put a few episodes together that talk through the meal plan extensively, um, talking about, let's see, you mentioned like, what is it? What is your philosophy behind it? And then any details and kind of dripping that out over six episodes you recommend? Is that kind of a good chunk? Six episodes is a good chunk. And I'll tell you that New York Times Daily, I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but they have put out some research about uh, what the ideal length of an episode is for a solo speaking and for a um, interview. Oh, let's hear it. I know this is good, good information. I was happy to see they did this. Um, So if you're solo speaking, which I think is the absolute easiest way to start with this, because people just want to hear from you from your voice about your specific topic to start with eight to 10 minutes. If you are interviewing, they have 23 minutes because that's kind of our um, average commute. Although maybe this has become dated now that people are not commuting as much anymore. But they they had that as a benchmark uh, for for what they thought for interviews. So if you're doing a solo recording, which I think is where you should start, if you are like, I can see exactly how this can fit into my brand. I have this thing I want to tell people about. And it would be so useful if I could just explain it in three to five episodes or whatever. Solo speaking, eight-ish minutes, you know, five, eight-ish minutes. And as you know, you can record that. It is so much easier than doing video editing. If you can cut and paste, you can absolutely do this. And then all of the, like, sound balancing and all of the kind of audio editing there are tools like I use Buzzsprout and as my host, so you have to have a host just similar to your website, right? You upload that file in there and you hit their magic mastering button and it does all the balancing and all of that kind of like leveling. And and that's important because if you've ever been in a pocket, like in a car and you can hear one host, but you can't hear the other person and you're turning the volume up and down and it's just a big mess. That's the kind of stuff that... Um, in the past, you know, two-ish years, 18 months, so many more of these hosts are offering that as a, um, like an add-on to their service. So you just kind of click, I, I always explain it to people. It's almost like an Instagram filter for your audio. Like it'll just, you do the rough cut and paste, cut out your ums or the things you don't want in there. And then you upload it and it'll just like make it beautiful and you can get it live. Technology magic, right? All those things that can be done now that like you said, just a couple of years ago, that was probably not an option. What are some other ideas for putting capsule podcasts together? So you mentioned meal plans, um, promoting cookbooks. Um, and that could be any like an ebook even or a printed cookbook. That could be really any lead magnet that you're using to get people into your business and your brand. What else? What are some other ideas? So I am working on a capsule podcast right now. So there is a, I do have a course that's 
kind of works through this. And then I do some done for you, um, like one-on-one client work with this. And so I'm working with Monique from Hardcover Cooks and people might know her. She's got a subscription box service. So she, or a subscription cookbook um, box service. So you get a cookbook and then you get um, some really great specialty ingredients with that person with, from small producers. So she puts this all together in a package and it's a quarterly service that she's launched. So we are doing a capsule podcast as a um, kind of an add on to her subscription box. So when people get the box, then they can listen to the stories about the ingredients and why she selected the cookbooks for this, you know, quarters box. So if you have a you know, something that you are launching that's new, or if you want to talk about like a retreat you are doing or an online virtual event or cooking class, anything that's kind of like pop-up and event related, you can do a companion podcast that allows people to just go a little bit deeper with you about, you know, ingredients or guest speakers or anything that they might think, you know, I'd listen to like five to eight minutes more about why you selected these things, who these experts are, you know, give me a little bit more so I can, um, so I can get into this experience. Uh, anything like that, I think would also benefit from a capsule podcast. Yeah, those are all really great ideas. And we all have our hands in so many different projects, big and small. So I think it's would probably be really easy for anyone listening to come up with a few ideas. I think as soon as you start in your mind thinking, how could this be extended through a a podcast component, you know, just a, like a promotional podcast component, it really opens the doors. How do we integrate something like this into the rest of our content? So the social media platforms that we already have and our email marketing How do we start telling our audience that we're doing this new thing? So the great thing about your host, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of service, different ways you can do this, but Buzzsprout specifically, because I use them, um, they have just on there integrated into their hosting service, which is like 10 bucks a month. You can make a graphic with a soundbite over it just automatically right from there. That's downloadable. And then you can put it on your uh, Instagram or your Facebook. And so there's those kind of like sound bites with graphics that you can push out to people, which are really fun. You can embed a player right into your website. So if you have a, um, like a, a post that you want to do a, a companion podcast episode for, you can embed a really nice looking player. Almost all the hosts have these right into there with a, a little piece of short code and that'll play right from your um, website in addition to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. So that when people are on your website and they're looking at um, you know, a recipe, you can have your five minute podcast that it gives more information or explains the technique or tells a little bit more about it uh, right there on the on the website. There are also, you can, there's an ability to use a QR code. So people have been, you know, if you're physically at a conference or if you are out in the world teaching cooking classes or things like that, you can, um, Apple Podcasts gives you an option of printing a a QR code for your 
podcast and you can put that on promotional materials and people can scan it and be brought right to your five episodes about, um, you know, gluten-free baking. When you're out in the world, you can hand that out or have it on your business card and it can go right there for people to be introduced to your brand. So that's another thing that's changed lately too, is that there's so many different ways to integrate your podcast into your marketing uh, and into your brand that it just becomes part of the whole rather than like an extra side project. That was well said too. It becomes part of the whole. So it's not like, hey, check out this side project I'm doing. It's more like here is part of the brand. This is just a little piece of who I am and who my brand is. I love how you explained that. Yeah, because I think like we were saying earlier, so many people do listen to podcasts and to find out that an existing brand that people already like, a food blog, has a podcast that's going to allow them to explain themselves and their projects in a different way. I think that can only be a benefit, right? I mean, there really is no downside to this. Yeah. I One thing that I don't know that much about, but it's been a lot, a lot of chatter about this is when Google will also start reading or will start accounting for voice and for podcasts in the search results. So I know that's super important to food bloggers and I am not an expert on this and I do not think it is something that's happened yet, but the podcasting world is sort of waiting for this to happen. So in that case, if you had an embedded podcast, you know, with your blog content, it could possibly make your uh, content more searchable too, because Google would start searching for audio results. So those are things that are kind of coming down the line, but that are just sort of little things that are kind of going in the back of your head thinking, this is something that I should maybe start experimenting with. This is something I can start small and do to integrate into my brand to kind of get ahead of these trends. Stay on the front end. We all like being on the front end of things as they emerge. And yeah, Google does not have, as far as I know, currently an audio snippet or, you know, like they don't feature audio. They do video. They do photos, obviously, and text. But audio is not here yet. So stay on the front end of this. Figure out a way to deliver relevant information to your people and be one of the first people who Google selects to pop up for food, blog, audio, whatever your niche is. Um, what other advantages are there? Are there other advantages other than just like being a first adopter? So I think one of the big um, advantages to having your own podcast, even if it's just, you know, six episodes, is if you are actively pursuing podcast touring or podcast guesting as a way to um, get out there in the world. Like if you are, if you have a cookbook that came out or if you're promoting um, a self-published cookbook or, you know, you're you're out there doing something and you want to get on other people's podcasts, people who listen to podcasts will listen to yours. Like that is, has been shown over and over again. The best way to grow your podcast is to guest on someone else's podcast because people who are in this world like to stay here and like to listen to podcasts. So if one of your strategies to kind of get out there and promote an, a service you're doing or a product or a cookbook or a, you know, whatever you have is to go on other people's podcasts to be able to say at the end, where can we find you? Because, right, that's a question we all ask. Uh, to be able to refer people back to your own podcast, 
helps them get into your community and into your world in a way that they love, right? Like they love that experience of finding out about people through the podcasting medium. And if you're, if that is one of your strategies, having a home to send people back to in the podcasting space is hugely valuable. Oh, I so agree with that. I'm going to steal this term from one of my favorite podcasters. He's actually the reason I got into podcasting, John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. He uses this term called OPP, Other People's Platforms. Use it. He always says this. And it's so true. It's exactly what you just said, Betsy. If you use other people's platforms to get your word out and to get people back to you, that can only benefit you. And think about this too. Other people's platforms, you don't have to do the work. You show up for an interview and you talk. <laughs> they do the editing. They do. They put all the work in and they're putting your voice out there. So I 100% agree with that. It can only benefit you. And there are so many options for food bloggers to share their knowledge. I mean, there are podcasts about cooking techniques. There are podcasts about you know, recipes and I mean, so many different things. You guys have such a uniquely awesome one. If somebody listening has not done this at all, they have not never been on a podcast. What would your recommendation be? Just like start searching for things that align. Where do they start? So one of the things that's an easy and kind of an, an easy win here is if there is a food blogger or someone in your space that you know or a cookbook author who is like heavily focused on publicity, for instance, you can find that person and see what podcasts they have been on, research them and see if you would be a good fit. So it's kind of like the fast follow, right? Like they may have done a ton of research on what would, you know, which podcasts would love to have someone on to talk about food, recipes, cooking, that kind of thing. Uh, and if they've if you can find someone who has kind of done a podcast tour and been out there and loves to be on podcasts, go check out and see what podcast they've been on, make a list, go research those shows and see if they would be good for you as well. And that's an easy way to just get some, get like a quick start and a quick list. And I will invite anyone listening to fill out an application to be on eBlog Talk because you are all food bloggers. You all have a story, a unique story to share. You have a unique perspective. You have some skill or something that you're uniquely good at. And I love, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about this podcast. I love being able to let people come on this show who have a voice or something, a message to share with this space, you know, that's not typical. So if you think, I don't know, I don't know if I could share anything on whether it's mine or any other podcast, you're wrong. You do have a message and your voice needs to be heard. So fill out an application. You've got a unique angle and I would love to have you on this show too as a small step to start because this is a super easy interview, right, Betsy? I mean, no pressure. We're just having a conversation and it's like way easier than you think. It is. I think so many times I hear it's just intimidating to start. And it was intimidating to me. So my sister and I both came from not, you know, we had no podcasting experience, like you said, too. And the first, you know, the we, we were a little bit nervous. And I was a little bit nervous about like, oh, is that what my voice really sounds like? Oh, you know, 
And in the end, you realize, I mean, it's just having a conversation. It's not, what I like to tell people a lot is that don't think about this as like presenting from a stage. Thinking about it as having a conversation with someone who you enjoy talking with. And it becomes a lot easier. Because I think a lot of us mentally think about having a podcast as like, is is the same as public speaking or you know, being a keynote presenter or something like that. And that kind of can get the anxiety going a little bit if that's not your favorite thing. Um, But in reality, it feels like having a lot of really wonderful conversations with people that just really kind of expand, expand your um, network and introduces you to a lot of great, wonderful, wonderful new people. And it's, it's just this one-on-one conversation that I always, I love talking to people on podcasts and it really, if you take that leap, you'll realize that the conversation flows easier than you would think. Oh, it's so much easier than you think, I promise, because I was in that boat too. Two years ago, I was like, there's no way. I'm, I don't have the qualifications. I can't conduct, conduct an interview. It's, but it's not like that. It's so much easier and it's so much more fun than you could ever think. You said these words, Betsy, expanding your network. You would not even believe how quickly you will expand your circle when you start a podcast. So I'm a huge proponent. Okay. So capsule podcast, you actually have a site about this does it talk through people how to get started is there anything else they need to know where do they go from here okay so you can visit capsulepodcast.com i have a group coaching program that's open quarterly and then some done for you services if you want someone just to do it for you and then lots of information if you're just a diy person and you're like i could do this i just need some like give me some bullets. Uh, That is also there on the website with the like information about what I would recommend for a, you know, microphone or how to start with a podcast host and things like that. If you're just someone who's like, give me a couple of bullets and I think I could do this. Um, So that's all there on the capsulepodcast.com site. Based on everything we've said today, Betsy, we've talked about a lot and I feel, I feel like this was a really great conversation that food bloggers need to hear in order to be an early adopter of something really cool and really new. Um, So from everything we've talked about, what would be your number one takeaway, maybe encouragement uh, or motivation for food bloggers to dig in? So I have a great, I'm going to paraphrase it because it's not an exact uh, Warren Buffett quote, but it is, it'll be close. Uh, And the, the gist of it is that he says, you know, in business, it doesn't matter if you jump over seven foot poles or you step over one foot bars, you don't get rewarded because it's extra hard, right? So I think if we, for food bloggers and for people who maybe podcasting isn't going to be their primary work in their business, let's like step over these one foot bars with these smaller podcasts that fit into and amplify your existing work, as opposed to trying to leap over the seven foot you know, pole vaulting here with a weekly show. So that's just, if you have a mental image of this, like let's make it super easy and just kind of get going by stepping over the one foot bar. Oh, I love that. What a great way to end. That was perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Betsy. This was a very fun and inspiring chat. And I know food bloggers are going to be like, okay, I'm ready to start a capsule podcast. So thank you for all of the inspiration and encouragement today. 
You're welcome. I mean, it is so, as you know, it's always a delight talking to another podcaster because there are, uh, there's not too many of us, especially women podcasters. So I hope a lot of your audience will start, start podcasts and we can just all get out there and be podcasters together. And food bloggers are mostly women. There are some men sprinkled in. But yes, I think that would be so great in one year to have just a little community of awesome women podcasters who can come together and collaborate. I love that you put that out there. Now it's going to happen. <laughs> come join us. Come be women podcasters together with us. We would love, love, love That's that. right. I love it. <laughs> well, we will put together a show notes page for you, Betsy. If anyone wants to peek at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash capsule podcast. You told everyone where they can find you on your website. Do you have an Instagram page or anywhere else that people can find you online? I do. So you can find us on Instagram at Capsule Podcast. You can also follow the Dinner Sisters at Dinner Sisters Podcast, I believe it is, on Instagram. Uh, and we are also over on um, iTunes and everywhere you find your podcast. If you are looking for inspiration on just like another show that doesn't follow the week, the interview traditional interview format i am definitely checking your podcast out i'm so intrigued i can't wait to list i'm going to do it today so thank you for that betsy and thank you for everything you've delivered today and also thank you for listening food bloggers i will see you next time we're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.